0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your boy, Matty G, you already know, the Omega 3 Poppy, and I'm out here as always with Colby Patnone. What's happening, Colby?
1: Not much, man. Uh, You know, Twitter's blowing up because of the NBA draft, so uh, that's something that some people enjoy, but uh, I'm just here ready to try and break down as many of these 13 trades as we can in 75-ish minutes
0: clearly this league you know they don't view it as a joke when we when we tell them that the trade deadline is around the corner because we have had an unbelievable flurry of moves being made over the over the course of the last week and it'll be really really interesting to see as we move towards the weekend uh you know how things go, but one way or another, even if we don't see as much activity over the course of the next few days here when you've when you've seen as much trade activity as we have the last two weeks I feel like I feel like if we recorded this kind of thing we could say pretty definitively that you know this has got to be the record for the most trades we've ever seen in the season am I wrong?
1: I don't see how you would be
0: it's crazy, so but anyways, you're right. we don't have we we have no time to waste. we'll do the best we can guys to get to get this conversation in uh you know as close to an hour it'll it'll it, i'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna go a little bit over an hour, but we'll do we'll do the best we can, but cam and Isaiah did us no favors with this first trade because there's a lot of moving parts here, so uh let's get into this first trade here. Cam a week ago. Cam trades uh Emmanuel Sanders, James Connor, Wayne Gallman, Benny Snell, and Josh Kelly to Isaiah for Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, and Tyler Boyd. Your thoughts.
1: Um yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh Cam basically trades the uh you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers run game for the Denver Broncos run game. Uh, and then he adds you know, Gallman, who's, you know, a starter for now, um, or at least, you know, a potential flex for now, let's call it in Sanders for Tyler Boyd. So, uh, in terms of, you know, evaluation here, I, I think, I think I get it. Um, it's I don't know i I have a hard time you know declaring a, a winner of this trade uh, to be honest with you it's it's just because I, I feel like you know Denver's running game is so evenly split between these two guys that I don't know if it really benefits you from having either of them and you almost have to start both of them to you know mitigate your risk that you pick the wrong guy. So I don't know if that's the best run game to invest in. Tyler Boyd's been great. Um, you know, I rode him for first couple of weeks and then uh, flipped him, and he, he's maintained – he's been really good. Um, really, the both him and uh, T. Higgins have been excellent all year. So uh, that, that's a really nice add for Cam. Uh, we know for some reason Cam loves the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, so um, it makes sense for him. But I, I I'd rather have, you know, Connor – uh, than the then the Denver running game um, and as for Boyd versus Sanders and Gallman, I think that's I mean I think cam did pretty well there uh, but I, I I don't think you know it's I don't know if either team got drastically better here I guess is what I would say um, I think cam got I do not i d I don't I don't know. This is a really tough trade to break down. I, I, I don't feel like either team got really a lot better as a result of this trade. So it's kinda tough to, you know, work through their thought process here. What did you think?
0: Well, if we're gonna try to simplify this a little bit, and I think that this does help a little bit, you have to kind of thin the herd here because you're because there's so many names that are right. moving that it just is so difficult. To evaluate. And so let's just eliminate Josh Kelly from this deal for a couple of reasons. Number one is that, of course, Josh Kelly's a bum and he's already been dropped. So, I mean, he, he was technically in this deal, but effectively he wasn't because he didn't really add anything to the trade. Um, and then we look at the players that actually matter a little bit more. So, really, my thought is you look at James Conner and you look at Tyler Boyd. I mean those are the two those are the two players of real consequence in my opinion. Not to say these other guys don't matter at all, but clearly Cam would rather have Tyler Boyd than James Conner. And yeah. and but I agree 100% with your assessment on the Denver running game. You know, I think that at this stage of the game you we can look at it and we could say you know what I think Melvin Gordon is is sort of in in fantasy circles and especially for people who are not maybe aren't paying as close of attention he's just kind of you know skating by on on name value from seasons past you know but you're 100% right this is this is a running game and we see a lot of these in the league right now unfortunately where you have two players who just cannibalize each other's value. And and it's tough, you know? So anyways, but my view is I'm not here to pick a winner of the deal. Boyd's great. James Conner is, is great. He hasn't been great the last couple weeks. But those two players are great. And then you've just got some pieces. And I know that Cam would say, you know, Cam loves to, to talk up Wayne Gallman And he's been good too, so like he deserves some credit. And if and if we're gonna look at it from that perspective, it it would be hard to argue that Cam got better in this deal, because Wayne Gallman's been good, um, and so you know, I but so so you basically traded two usable running backs, and in return you got two, um, I mean underwhelming but still usable running backs. And a great receiver. So it's like, how much better is Tyler Boyd than Emmanuel Sanders? I mean, he is better than him, no doubt. No question about it. Basically, that's how I view this deal. Is that, what do you want? Do you want to be stronger at receiver? or And, and then weaker at running back? Or, do you want to be stronger at running back and maybe a little bit weaker at receiver? Um. And that's this yeah. deal in a nutshell. And, and so, like I said, I, I'm not even going to pick a side. Because truthfully, like, I don't think you can go wrong with Tyler Boyd or James Conner. But the rest of these guys, eh. That's my thought on them. <laughs> they're, sure.
1: they're, I think that's fair.
0: Um, <clears throat> moving on. Oh, God. I just scrolled up <laughs> to see the next trade. I don't want to talk about this trade. <laughs> oh what an awful trade all right so i believe think it or not pre-
1: not the worst of the week but we'll i feel
0: like, i feel like this trade right here has really kind of already been spoken on on the on the league chat it, it sparked yeah. a conversation and it's a conversation that a lot of people don't want to have and and, and it's a, and it's a conversation for another time but but nonetheless steven trades Nick Mullins and Anthony Furkser to Derek in exchange for Amari Cooper. And all I'm gonna say here, but you know all I'm gonna say here is was it a good deal for, for Derek? No, it wasn't. That being said, the saving grace up for the league, I suppose, is that I think it would I think that it would be most reasonable to speculate that Amari Cooper isn't going to be what we've seen him be in, you know, in past seasons with Dak, you know, a low-end wide receiver one type. He's probably more of a two. You know, with this Dallas, with the state of the Dallas offense the way that it is. He's still a good player, no question about it. But um but fortunately, you know, it would be worse if Amari had Dak and of course, I'm sure the counter argument here is, well, if Amari had Dak, Derek wouldn't do this deal. Maybe I don't know, but nonetheless, um, that's the somewhat of the saving grace. I have nothing left to say about this trade. Do you have anything you'd like to say about this trade?
1: Um, just that I know Derek was was trying to trade, uh, you know, for a quarterback to start since he lost Minshew and Fitzpatrick. Um so and he had traded um Deshaun. So I, I know he was looking for quarterback help and Mullins is almost certainly going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. Well, I don't want to say almost certainly. They they, they do like beat hard pretty well. So uh maybe and then uh Fersker or however you pronounce his name, he's worthless. He didn't need to be in this trade at all. He's he just he shouldn't be owned. Well, um, that's exactly so right.
0: Fursker is a zero And Mullins is a bomb
1: and Cooper is, I think at least a a solid wide receiver too with some upside on a week to week basis. So, um, home run for Steven, um, at least it could have been, and we'll get to that a little later, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I I understand what Derek was like the thought process here. I just think he could have done better, um, significantly. So, so, um, But, you know, Derek's trying to save his season and desperate teams make desperate moves like this. So, uh, not all that surprising.
0: Well, I've never been that desperate. Next We're about to talk about this trade. You sure? Next trade. Oh, positive. (laughs) Next trade. (laughs) Next trade. I traded Jonathan Taylor, Hayden Hurst, and Logan Thomas to TJ in exchange for Leonard Fournette and Dallas Goddard. Do you want to, yeah. do you want to talk about this trade first or clearly you have an sure. opinion? Clearly you have yeah. a, an opinion. So I, I would love to hear your, your take on the trade first.
1: Yeah. You got hustled. Um, <laughs> it's Leonard. Fournette. I got hustled. Okay. You know, my feelings on Leonard Fournette, uh, honestly, you could almost take the, the running backs out of this trade for me because Jonathan Taylor has been a, a big disappointment. And part of that is, you know, the Colts seem really reluctant to use him. Um, all that much. Uh, And like I said, I think Fournette's just a dude. Uh, I know you disagree, but you also thought LeGarrette Blunt was something and he wasn't. So I think history will prove that I'm right. Um, So to me, it's you trade the two tight ends, uh, which are really valuable pieces right now for the one tight end. And I like Goddard's a good player and he might be the, I, I guess you could argue that Goddard's the best tight end in this deal. I just, I, I think you could also argue that he's probably the third most valuable tight end in this deal. Uh, I don't think he did well here, Matt. I think he could have gotten more for the tight ends, especially with how thin the position was. Um, but at the end of the day, what this really comes down to is you think Leonard Fournette is still basically a really strong running back, too, at least. Otherwise, you don't make this deal, and I completely disagree. So, well, so
0: that's actually not why I made this deal. So the reason that I made this trade is because at this stage of the season, when I I made this trade, I was going up against Jake Smith, and when I was looking at his lineup, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm screwed, but I need to win, because if I don't win, then my season's pretty much over. I mean, the playoff race is incredibly contentious, and wins are everything right now, and it's going to be... I mean, it's going to be so tight, and I'm telling you right now, there are going to be good teams, and frankly, probably teams that are better than some of the teams that are going to make the playoffs that are going to miss the playoffs. Um, and so, I'm looking at my team, and I'm like, okay, well, do I really want to start Jonathan Taylor against the Titans? Well, the answer to that question is is hell no. I need to find a way. I need to find a way to you know mix it up with my lineup. But what this what this really was about was getting Fournette against the Panthers. The matchup is what it was. Like I think Fournette could be could be de- you know could be really solid for sure. I think he could by end of season. Um, but it's tough because Bruce Arians is just so fickle with his with his decision making, and I think that he has a hopeless love affair with Ronald Jones. But that's a conversation for another time as well. It's pretty much um, justified. Nonetheless, I think that um, you know, like I said, this trade for me was Leonard Fournette. I, it was, it was, it was. Initially, it was just all about Fournette. I needed to get Fournette against the Panthers. It was a great matchup, and so you know, and I need wins. So, and I and I had um, Clyde Edward Clyde on on buy, um, and and uh and david johnson was didn't clear the concussion protocol so right. so i was kind of getting thin at running back so anyhow so you have to look for running backs that are attainable and that's a short list um and then while i was talking with tj and this trade evolved over time trust me on that <laughs> this is not this wasn't like my first offer not even close um but um, initially, I was like, you know what? Since I since I really need to win, maybe I should add Hayden Hurst, who's on bye, and then I could probably pry away get Dallas Goddard, and then I could that'll help me a little bit there at tight end as well for the week, um. And and so, anyways, and the way I looked at it was, you know. I'll have Zach Ertz coming back. I know a lot of people are kind of out on Zach Ertz down the stretch, but I'm not. So if I have Ertz coming back, I can afford to, to trade, to package two tight ends because I'm really strong at tight end. And so it was a move I was I was willing to make. In the end, did, did was it consequential at all? Well, no, it wasn't. But that's not the point. The point is always the process. And the process was I needed help at running back. I needed I need wins. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting there with the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, comfortable in, in playoff positioning. It's do or die. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so and and also, by the way, like it's the best part about this trade to me is when I traded Jonathan Taylor, I was under the impression that it wasn't possible for his stock to get any lower. And then Thursday night happened. <laughs> oh man, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's an anomaly. The the real question we have to ask ourselves at this point is, you know, is Jonathan Taylor just Trent Richardson all over again? Um, I don't know. Time will tell, but shit, it's hard to it's hard to feel like he's not. So, I think I did uh, just fine in this in this deal. I don't regret it at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well we'll see what happens when you realize you just threw in Hayden Hurst for nothing, but uh you know, that that you're right. Your process was sound. I just think your execution was awful. So. TJ
0: TJ never would have traded Dallas Goddard if I wouldn't have added Hayden Hurst. He's not gonna give me he's not gonna give me Dallas Goddard for Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas isn't worth Dallas Goddard.
1: Mm. Well, I kinda disagree. So um anyways. Uh, like I said I just there's nothing you're gonna say like I get your process and I get your your thought process behind it. I just think it was horribly executed. I think he gave up too much um, and by the way, if you're kind of the the sounding board for what Jonathan Taylor's value is going to be like next year, I'm probably gonna own a decent amount of shares on Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm not willing to give up on that guy yet uh, for this year uh, sure <laughs> like that part's fine um, but uh, long term I just just uh, you know let's let's give him let's give him a little bit here. Give him a little bit of grace, but, uh, you know, from your perspective, having to, you know, basically every loss is like another hammer to the nails of your season. Right. Well, that's so, what I'm saying is that it's
0: like, you always say this, and this is where I'm at. I'm not trying to win the deal.
1: Right. I'm
0: trying, I'm trying to win the week.
1: And you didn't. So
0: I did actually, I went one I and mean, one. It wasn't because of this trade, but I did win. So, yeah, you, but, you but like I said, one.
1: um, Eventually you need those two and O's.
0: Oh, you're, you're hundred percent right about that. I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dispute that. I'm just saying that when I made this trade, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm just pulled the wools over. I just pulled the wool over TJ's eyes. No, that's not what this was. I knew that I knew that my, the trade got to the point where it was, you know, a pretty, a pretty aggressive offer, but it was a, it wasn't an offer that was going to kill me. I don't look at my team now and think to myself, wow, my team is so much worse because of that trade that I made with TJ, I don't think that at all. Um, do you look at it and say it got a lot better? Uh, well, like I said, I don't have Jonathan Taylor, and I mm. like Fournette more than you do. Rest of season, so um, clearly, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, realistically, like Leonard Fournette and Jonathan Taylor, both of those guys are kind of a kind of a gamble. I mean, it's just really yep. sort of like. And any given week, if you start them, are you thinking to yourself like, this is going to be great. You can't because you just don't know. Are they going to get the touches? Like right. that's, you just don't know. So anyways, um, I don't want to belabor the point there. Let's move on to this next trade. Sure. This, this next deal is uh, Garza and TJ. So Garza added uh Derek Carr, Logan Thomas, and Terry McLaurin from TJ in exchange for Chris Godwin, Lamar Jackson, and Evan Ingram. I mean, listen, do I do we do I really I mean really? Like what is there to say? I mean, I get it, Lamar Jackson isn't what he what he was last year. Okay? That's fine. That's fine. But like it's really tough to look at this deal and not Favor TJ's side, like what, like what TJ got. It's really kind of hard not to feel like, yeah, I want to be on that side of this trade. That being said, you know, I do think that you know, Carr's solid, um, and Terry McLaurin's great. So, but, but I just feel like I think that, I think that the guys that TJ got, it just you just feel better about them moving forward. I don't know. I think, I think mm-hmm. this is one of those deals where when we look at this deal at the end of the year and we say, okay, from the time that this deal went down until the end of the season, who got the better end of the deal? I think that we're going to, you know, it's, it's not going to be particularly close in TJ's favor.
1: <coughs> Sorry. Um, I think if you took out the quarterbacks, which of course you can't, because uh, they're so valuable. But if you just look at the wide receiver and the tight end that got exchanged here, uh I vastly uh I vastly give the edge to uh Garza. I think McLaurin is a number one wideout for the rest of the year. I think Chris Godwin is an up and down, you know, number two who will have some nice weeks, but we'll have some weeks where he disappears. Of course we'll see if you know the latest uh issue with Antonio Brown, which I can't believe we we saw coming. I mean who could have seen that happen? Um I we'll see if that, you know, affects Godwin's value at all. But I I prefer uh Thomas to Ingram, although I, I think that's reasonably close. I think they're in the same tier. And I think McLaurin's clearly in a better tier than uh think Godwin right now. And yeah, Jackson's struggled. Um but because of the rushing, he does have a relatively high floor on a week to week basis and of course then a high ceiling as well. So um I, I think, you know, for Garza I don't know if this came into his mind at all when he was making this trade, but Chris Godwin does have the week 13 by Evan Ingram does have the week 11 by both McLaurin or all of the players that Garza got back. They've cleared their bye week and Garza's in a situation like you where, you know, he basically needs to win out to have a shot here. So uh, those bye weeks weren't going to do him any favor, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, the quarterbacks are the tilting factor here because the other two pieces are close enough to each other. That the quarterbacks needed to be, you know, roughly same tier, and I think Carr is at least a full tier below uh, Jackson, probably two tiers. So uh, the quarterbacks are the separator here.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't fully agree with with one thing that you said, but like I said, well, we we already know that
1: you think Logan. Logan Thomas is basically irrelevant since you've just given him away. But
0: Well, Logan Thomas uh, is not in the same tier as Evan Ingram, in my opinion. Evan Ingram is definitely screen. a tier above, at least a tier above Logan Thomas.
1: <clears throat> you want to do a board bet?
0: Rest of season, Evan Ingram versus Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm.
1: Points per game since Ingram has his bye this week and Thomas has his bye. It's gone by. So you want to do points per game? I say
0: Evan Ingram has more points per game from this point forward than Logan Thomas
1: I'll take Logan Thomas
0: put, put it, it on the, the board. board man first it's board bet been... since
1: like week one I think so it's only been
0: it's only been what 10 11 weeks um nice. all right next one because man we've got so many trades all right Garza <laughs> makes another deal here with with Scott where Garza gets Daniel Jones. <laughs> you can't you can't even say that without laughing. Daniel Jones, Damian Harris, and Travis Fulgham in exchange for Derek Carr and Justin Jefferson. I mean, listen, not much to say here, in my opinion. Maybe you disagree, I don't think you do. Scott a home run for Scott. I mean, and listen, I'm sure I'm sure people say, I'm sure people would say, Oh, well, of course you're gonna say that after Monday Night Football, Matt, Justin Jefferson had a hell of a game. I would have told you that before Monday Night Football. Um, I'm sorry. You want me to trade Derek Carr for Daniel Jones? Really? And I know Daniel Jones had a couple of games here and there, whatever. Look at the guy's career. Look at his body of work. The guy turns over the football. He's not – I mean, and he turns it over, like a lot. And it's not just interceptions. It's fumbles too. Um, no, I don't like this deal for Garza. I mean, all he really gets out of it, as far as I'm concerned, is Damian Harris. Um, I'm not confident in Travis Fulgham moving forward. Not with all the, not with all the target competition that's come. You know, Philly's starting to get healthy. You know, they're they're really starting to to get um, Rager more involved. Uh, get him rolling. He's only a few games into his uh, rookie season. You know, you got Goddard, who's get, who's getting healthy and back. You've got Earths, who's getting healthy and should be back here shortly, maybe even as soon as this week. Uh, no, I, I'm not on Travis Fulgham rest of the season. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I am wrong about that. But um, I would rather have Carr and Justin Jefferson. There's no question in my mind.
1: Yeah, and um, I think, you know, going back to what we were just talking about, now Garza's in a, a situation uh, where uh, Daniel Jones is on his bye right? Teddy Bridgewater is questionable. And Garza needs to go 2-0 this week. Otherwise, he's eliminated. I mean, I I think mathematically Garza would be eliminated if he doesn't go 2-0 this week. So, um, you know, that hurts long term. And of course, you know, this is a trade made before, you know, I mean, Garza is in a position where it's this week is the only week that matters, right? So maybe the Daniel Jones thing is, hey, I'll, I'll worry about that next week. But well, now he has to worry about it. Um, and Jefferson was, you know, on a down. It, it's inter- Jefferson had a couple of, let's call them rough games, uh, fantasy-wise. And, you know, Fulgham had a couple of really nice games leading up to this trade, uh, at least, you know, at, at some point throughout the year. He had a couple of nice games, right? So, um, like I said, it kind of feels like Garza trying to trade, like, it kind of feels like Garza was chasing the hot hand, you know, that fallacy um, where Harris and Fulgham are playing well right now. So I'm going to go get those guys and I'm going to trade these two guys who aren't playing well right now. Um, it's just not really a recipe for success here. Uh, I, I, I think Garza probably did better than, than you're going to give him cr than you gave him credit for, but you're right. I, I'd rather have a uh, Scott side of things here.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Moving on to the next deal here, uh, you and Cam. So you um, you trade for Stafford, Lockett, and Darnell Mooney, and um, and it, and Cam receives Matt Ryan and Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I guess this is one of those deals where you look at it a little bit different differently in hindsight. But my question, I guess to you would be do you look at it it a little bit different in hindsight knowing now about I think Stafford has a thumb issue and Lockett is apparently dealing with what a knee
1: well that's that's no longer my concern um we'll get to that in a minute uh but uh you know obviously you know anytime there's a hand injury to the quarterback uh it's it's something that is unfortunate, but, uh, I think, you know, when I, I look at this trade, I I juju for Tyler Lockett, I'd still rather have Lockett. Um, and then Ryan and Stafford, uh, Ryan is the better, you know, fantasy option here, but I think Stafford is being overlooked. I know his, his final, uh, or, you know, he's ranked as like the 16th quarterback, 15th quarterback, whereas Ryan is six or something like that. But Ryan, had his bye week last week. Stafford already had his in week five. Um, you know, Stafford been without Kenny Galladay, who is getting healthier. So I, I feel like Ryan and Stafford, like Ryan's probably in like tier two of fantasy quarterbacks, but I feel like Stafford's like at the top of tier three. Um, so yeah, obviously the hand injury sucks, but it is what it is. I You know, you can't know about that going in obviously since he sustained it during the game, but um, you know, it, it, I was in a pretty similar situation to most people where, you know, 2-0 and would really set me up nicely, um, whereas 0-2 um, puts me, like, right in the rat race for that 6-7-8 spot. So um, going 2-0 here was, you know, ideal. I thought I had a shot to beat Casey, um, you know, even with the one quarterback, but adding Stafford into the quarterback spot uh, you know, give me two quarterbacks against Casey. It helped me go two and zero this week. I, I don't win that matchup with Casey if I'm starting. I think I was planning on starting, um, Latavius Murray in my super flex spot. So uh, it helped me go two and zero for the week. So uh, instead of one and one, it it helped obviously that both of my running backs scored multiple touchdowns. Uh, so. But, uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like the I upgraded a wide receiver. I got a nice lottery ticket that I like, uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, and then I don't feel like my quarterback downgrade was all that significant at the time I made this trade. So uh, I was pretty happy with it. And, uh, you know, it's the second week in a row that I've felt like I've traded for a win. So uh, now I'm in a pretty good spot. I think I'm the second seed right now, third seed. Um with three weeks to go. So uh overall I'm 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 perfectly content with what happened there.
0: Fair enough. Um this next deal I These guess next
1: two we really don't need to talk that much about. This next deal
0: was what? DJ Dallas for Fab? Yeah. Okay, and now Dallas is a free agent. Moving on. Surprise, <laughs> not yeah. moving on. Um you get Jacob Hollister in exchange for Tim Patrick. This trade I actually thought was kind of interesting because I think conventional wisdom says that you probably would rather have Tim Patrick, but oh, yeah. uh, but what, were you, what was your thought here?
1: Uh, I put in a claim on Hollister, but I was out of fab. Jake got him for a buck. Um, so Hollister was a guy that I was trying to get earlier. Uh, he is a guy who Seattle has been using more frequently the last couple of weeks, uh, Hollister is a guy who was the number three wide receiver for the Seahawks last year. It was a fantasy viable tight end, certainly in any two, uh, two tight end league. Uh, my tight ends have been asked the entire year. I think I've gotten 10 points from a tight end twice this year. Um, and that was in weeks one and two. So, uh, it's just, you know, I have some wide receiver depth, so, uh, it's, it's just kind of, and I kind of think Jerry Judy's ascending and Tim Patrick's kind of kind of falling back. And I, I still think Patrick's a good, he's a good, he needs to be owned. And I think he's a, a nice, you know, flex play if you have to and things like that. But it's just me taking a stab at a tight end um, that I think has some upside and has a track record of producing uh, with Russell Wilson as his quarterback. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, just, you know, trading from a, a position of strength, in my opinion, uh, for a lottery ticket at a second position and, uh, hopefully Hollister is, you know, I mean, heck if he's a top 20 tight end for the rest of the year, it's a massive upgrade for me. So, uh, just, just taking a stab.
0: Okay. Got it. Okay. And obviously Tim Patrick being a Bronco and Jake being a Broncos fan, you, you had to know that he was going to take that deal.
1: Felt pretty confident.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, moving on to this next deal. Uh, This was made, what, I guess uh, Sunday, Monday night, whatever. Sunday night, I think. I traded uh, DK Metcalf to Tyler for DeAndre Hopkins. I think that the process here is pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, So I don't really have to talk on it, do I? I? I need to win. I need to win, and that's it. I need wins, and just for the sake of the conversation. And then I'll just leave it at that. When I played you, you traded for Juju and that paid off. Now that was a little bit more of a gamble. I feel because. Oh yeah. Because there's three. It's
1: Juju versus Hopkins. That's the gamble right there. Well,
0: I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying that was a little bit more of a gamble from the perspective of sometimes for the Steelers, it's Juju, but sometimes it's, it's Claypool or Deontay, you Mm -hmm. know, Actually, let's be honest. Usually, every week it's all three of them, <laughs> to some to some extent. But I'm just saying that you know they have three really very viable, f- fantasy viable receivers in Pittsburgh. Whereas in Arizona, I mean Kirk has had some games for sure. He scored touchdowns and stuff, but um, it's mostly um, you know obviously the big dog there, the big fish is Hopkins. So since I need to win and I'm going up against Kyler Murray against the Seahawks on Thursday night, the way that you take that, um, that I guess, how would you say that the tremendous disadvantage, the tremendous disadvantage that I have there, um, the way that you take that weakness and make it a strength for me is, is this trade, hopefully, (laughs) maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not, maybe it won't be, Maybe it won't be Hopkins. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be Kirk, or maybe Seattle has an unprecedented game for as far as the twenty twenty season is concerned, and they lock up Arizona. I doubt it, but um, <laughs> but maybe I mean maybe it could happen.
1: Yeah. How but- how dare you doubt the ability of Trey Flowers and DJ Reed? to cover DeAndre Hopkins. How dare you, sir? I
0: know, I know, I know. Shame, Matt. The audacity. Shame. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways, yeah. like I said, I just Hopkins against Seattle is a money matchup, and when you are mm-hmm. playing for your playoff life, this is a no-brainer. I had to do this. So that's that's the whole thing. Agreed. Uh, the next trade here is another one with you. Um, you traded Tyler Lockett and Alexander Madison to Tyler in exchange for Stefan Diggs and, Rash- and Rashad Penny. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I know that Diggs is on bye this week, but I felt like this was a slam dunk for you. And 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 to me, like, I don't think Rashad Penny's gonna play this year, and mm. um, and I. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, Alexander Madison is a nice handcuff, I suppose. And and I mean, I guess it's always possible that that Dalvin Cook could get injured. But to me, I'm looking at Stephon Diggs and to get him to get him for Lockett. Lockett has just the thing with Lockett is it's just like so feast or famine, it feels like. I mean, he's got he's had some games where he probably quite literally single handedly will win you your matchup. Um but then there's a lot of games where he it just it sort of feels like he takes a back seat to DK Metcalf. And right. and so but Diggs is the alpha dog for the Buffalo Bills. So I know he's on bye this week and Tyler uh is in a position where he wants to win. He needs to win, and so um but I I would rather have digs personally. That's, that's just me.
1: Yeah. Um, I do think Penny plays this year. Do I think I'll ever start him? No. Um, I think that's the difference. Is he near the top of my list when I have to make a free agent acquisition to cut? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, but worth a shot with the state of the Seahawks running game. Uh, yeah. You know, giving up a guy on bye or giving up a Tyler Lockett, who I still believe in, as a, you know, strong number two, at least, um, for a guy who's on by, yeah, that's a little tough. Uh, but you know, thankfully last week I went two and zero oh, so I'm 12 and eight. So I have a little bit of breathing room here. Not much, not much. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I, I think I'm in, um, cause I'm not, but I, I felt like I had enough wiggle room here and enough wide receiver depth, uh, to, to make this work for a week and then hopefully get digs and, uh, you no, know, hopefully Josh Allen stays 2020 Josh Allen and doesn't revert to 2019 Josh Allen. But uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's you know it, it's Tyler having to to win this week, um, getting a guy who last time he faced this defense went for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, didn't know about the knee issue when we made the trade. I don't know if that would have you know swayed Tyler's opinion on the deal or not. I, I would imagine it would have. But uh, it's just the reality of the situation. So that's where we are.
0: Sure. Um, All right, let's get into this next deal here. This next deal I think is interesting. Um, TJ and Jake make a trade where TJ uh, receives Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds in exchange for Jameis Winston and Jonathan Taylor. Now this is a deal that I think makes a lot of sense for both sides because – Obviously, Jake lost, well, maybe lost Drew Locke um, for a week. But it actually looks like Drew Locke might try to tough it out. But does anybody really want to play Drew Locke against the Miami Dolphins, let alone any team, actually? Does anybody want to play Drew Locke? The sentence could have just ended there. But uh, does anybody want to play Drew Locke against the Dolphins, especially when he's banged up? Probably not. Jameis Winston against the Falcons at least on paper has substantially more upside and that's what Jake needs right now so for him he goes ahead he goes ahead and gambles on Jameis Winston and and ostensibly the upside in air quotes of Jonathan Taylor Uh, maybe Frank Reich will actually feed him and let him be the guy I doubt it but maybe he will Um, but it's, it's a gamble worth taking for Jake. No question about it. At where, where, with where he finds himself in the season. Meanwhile, TJ has Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson as his quarterbacks. He doesn't need Jameis. So he adds Jameis to Jonathan Taylor and he upgrades at running back. I mean, it's a win-win here. A trade that makes a lot of sense.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it's funny you look at I think in for most teams, trading, making this deal, uh, probably not the wisest you know, probably not the wisest thing. I mean, Jameis was great last year, but we're still talking about the guy who's capable of throwing five interceptions in a game, right? And just tanking your week. And Jonathan Taylor, who we've talked about as being disappointing, um, whether you think that's talent wise or you know, coaching decision, whatever, uh, it's disappointment either way. Uh, but from Jake's standpoint here, you mentioned the drew lock injury, uh, Ryan Tannehill has been struggling, you know, relatively speaking the last couple of weeks as well. And Jake happens to already have Aaron Jones, James Robinson, uh, and Nick Chubb. So, uh, Jake was one of the few guys who had literally like number two quality running backs that he could just afford to not give away, but just trade, you know, without really having to get a sure thing back. So, uh, yeah, I I think you're right. It's it's a good trade for both sides. Uh, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. We don't see a lot of those in this league. So hats off to these two guys. This is great. This is great. I like this trade a lot. And this is one of those that puts a smile on my face. Unlike some of these other deals that I'm, that I have to talk about on this podcast, so, all right. Moving on. Tyler and Steven. Tyler trades Jimmy Graham and Cole Beasley to Steven for Amari Cooper. Um, forgive me if there's any Fab involved in these trades; it doesn't show up on here. Um, so, been, I think I there think might so. have been in one of in one of these next $10? two deals. That sounds-, that sounds about right. Yeah, I
1: know that. The next, I know the deal the last deal we get to talk about and we're making great time, by the way, um, the deal that we're going to talk about last had four fab going to Brian. I'm not 100% sure about this one, but, uh, either way, I don't think it makes that
0: difference. Yeah. So, um, and this is deal right here. Hmm. What, what is there to say? I mean, honestly, it feels wrong because, because, I mean, we're talking about Cole Beasley. This is what I'll say. This is one thing that I truly believe. Doesn't it just feel so, so fitting, so appropriate that the Josh Allen, Cole Beasley stack is now on Stephen Wood's team? Oh, it just makes my heart sing. It feels so right. The universe is whole again because Cole Beasley and Josh Allen are fighting for Stephen Woods. I love it. It's one of my favorite things that we've ever seen in this league. Um, that being said, Cole Beasley is uh, very, it's kind of underrated. I mean, I feel like when he got signed by the bills, I remember I was like, this is going to be awful. I cannot think of a, of a, uh worse fit, but he's actually been good, man. He's been good. And it's been a great fit. And I was wrong about Cole Beasley on the Buffalo bills. Cole Beasley. Part of me is like, I kind of like Cole Beasley. I like him. To, I'd like him to be on my fantasy football team because the fact that he is what he is makes no sense, and I love it. I mean, it's
1: there's there's a little bit of Wes Welker there, right? Where it's just kind of like, yeah, he's going to catch six passes for seventy yards, you know, like pretty much every week. That's kind of the floor. Um, yeah, so Beasley's underrated, but I got to say. I don't like this deal for Steven at all. I I don't see the merit to it. Um, You know, I mean, it seems like he's collecting Buffalo bills with Josh Allen and Devin Singletary and Cole Beasley. Um, I think he tried to get Zach Moss for me when I had him briefly. So um, collecting Buffalo bills is an interesting strat. uh, And I I applaud it. Um, You know, be bold, be bold. But I just, man, I, I don't know. I, I I don't see where this makes Steven better or where it improves his chances uh, to win the league. I think this is on, it seems like a trade just to make a trade. And I know that Amari Cooper, a lot of people are down on Amari Cooper in this league. um, Obviously, since he's basically been traded for, I don't want to say peanuts, but I don't think he's gotten full value uh, either of the times he's been traded. I think he might've been traded three times this year. If I'm maybe three, uh, but I, I just, you trade, I mean, Jimmy Graham to me, I, why, why? Why Jimmy Graham, dude? Because at the time you made this trade, you had already, you had Jordan Reed, you had uh, Dalton Schultz, you had, uh, who else was it? I mean, you had four tight ends when you made this trade. I Like, why? Why trade for a tight end who's on buy, who honestly... Probably shouldn't start over any of the other tight ends. You have Hawkinson, you have Reed,
0: and you had Schultz,
1: Aikens. right? But he had Schultz before he made the next trade. Yeah. So, what does Jimmy Graham get you? Are you going to start him in a super flex or a flex spot? I hope not. Maybe you are, but that that seems like a bad decision. So, to me, this deal basically it comes down to you know Cole Beasley for Amari Cooper and. I, I'm sure there's people out there who would rather they say they they take the safety of Cole Beasley, I guess, on a week to week basis. But trying to win championships, my man, and you know, having having Josh Allen and Dalvin Cook is basically what's allowed Stephen to get to 15 and five, and to be the only guy who's clinched a playoff spot. Um, but we know we know what happens to Steven's team if you know both of those guys underperform or they're not you know, putting up 30 points every week. So I still think he needs some upside in the rest of that lineup as kind of a counterpoint here. I'm sure Steven probably looks at it as he just needs safety because he's so sure that those two guys are going to go off every single week. I'm sorry, man. I I don't understand this at all. And I I think, you know, this is the second time in less than a week that Amari Cooper has been traded for what I would consider below market value. I just don't get it. I, I don't see how Steven benefits from this. Uh, this trade at all. I think he's better off just having Amari starting him. It's not like he needed to trade Amari uh, because he was on buy and he's struggling to get in. He's in the playoffs. He's made it. He has. He's in a position where he can go out and trade for guys on their bye week, right? I mean, he can afford to do that, and he did that here. He got two guys who are on their buy. But Beasley, I mean, fine, whatever. You got a guy who you're going to plug into your flex spot. But Jimmy Graham there's a reasonable chance you don't start Jimmy Graham ever because with Hawkinson and Reed, I'd rather start both of those guys right now than I would Jimmy Graham. I don't think it's all that close. I'm not really even hesitating on that. And again, at the time you made this trade, you had Schultz. Now, you made this next trade like an hour later, so I'm assuming that you were getting ready to trade Schultz either way. But I don't get it, man. I, I don't see how you get better from this trade at all. It's be- um,
0: it's because championships are won on the back of Josh Allen to Cole Beasley, and Stephen knows this, and that's why he made this trade.
1: Well, I, I tell you what, Stephen. Trade deadline is on. Uh, I think it's midnight on Monday.
0: It's right uh, after the right after the game on Monday.
1: Yeah, I, I think it takes though until midnight for it to advance to the next week. But either way, it's it's Monday, right? Mm-hmm. You want your Buffalo Bills, man. I got I got your uh, I got your uh, your big piece that you're missing right now, uh, Stefan Diggs. So uh, I will not give you a discount. Um, but uh, oh, one other thing I want to say about this trade, I know for a fact Tyler was willing to give you Alexander Madison in this trade, and you just don't do handcuffs. Come on, Stephen, be better, man. Be better. Um, congrats on making the playoffs. You're 15 and five. Uh, You got a good shot to win this thing because Dalvin cook and Josh Allen are that good, but uh, don't come crying to us when Dalvin cook, if Dalvin cook, you know, misses Week 16, like you did last year and you don't have Madison to help bail you out, but whatever. I mean, good luck to you. I just, I don't get this trade for you at all.
0: Boom. Um, Wow. What do you know? We got one trade left. This is great. We a, 10
1: minutes to get to an hour. Oh, my God. Record-breaking We're time.
0: It. Yeah, this is great. All right, so the last trade we have to talk about is Steven and Brian. Mm-hmm. Steven trades Dalton Schultz and Mike Williams to Brian in exchange for Jordan Akins and Darrell Henderson. Um, yep. Honestly, the way I would look at this, and maybe you'll disagree, um, I look at this as... Mike Williams and Dalton Schultz for Darrell Henderson, Agreed. because because I don't because what is Jordan Akins
1: a bye week villain?
0: Yeah, I mean he's a desperation tight end too. I mean, so so realistically, that's I view it as Mike Williams and Dalton Schultz for Darrell Henderson, and with the way things are going in L.A. at running back, and they're just riding the running back carousel. And they, you know, mm-hmm. Akers is healthy now and Malcolm Browns is contributing and blah, 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 blah. Kind of a uh, goal line guy. Yeah. I mean, Darrell Henderson isn't what he was when Steven flipped him for Mike Evans a few weeks ago. Um, right. So, and, and like I said, I said this at the beginning of the pod and it's just, it's just right. It's just exactly right. Which is that, you know, there's running back, it's ugly quick. There's not a lot of yeah. running backs you feel great about. There's a lot of running backs that are in committees. Uh, you know, they're they're where, where it's either it's either sort of similar to um, to what you see in Tampa Bay, where it's like, is this going to be a Fournette week or is this going to be a Rojo week? Um, who's going to get the snaps? Who's going to get the touches? But then you have some backfields more like along the lines of like Denver like I was saying earlier where these guys just cannibalize each other they basically split it like 50-50, 60-40, 50, whatever. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of backfields like that too. So so that's sort of what you see in 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 LA with Darrell Henderson where it's like um, you know, they've got a few backs and they kind of like all of them. And so um yeah. I don't I don't I mean I guess what I would say is you know, you can't sleep on the fact that this trade also net Brian the fab to go get LaMichael P. Ryan. Yep. So, Ooh, so for sounds,
1: sounds like the jets want to make him the new starting running back. They're going to phase out Frank Gore and start giving the ball to him. I don't know if that really, I, I don't know if P. Ryan's, you know, skilled enough to take advantage of that, but volume is volume. So, uh, yeah, it's the, that fourth very rarely do we say four fab dollars is a significant piece of a trade well it was
0: yeah so i think that i view this deal as a win for brian just because when do you feel confident with Durrell henderson and you know at least brian got uh you know uh tight end that he could plug in in the tight end two spot if if need be. He got a flex option, and he got a running back that he can kind of camp mm-hmm. on who's who's set to see his stock sort of start taking up. And I understand, like, you know, playing within the, the offensive context of the New York Jets isn't going to get anybody excited. But um, like you said, volume is volume. So I like this deal for Brian.
1: I mean, yeah, the Jets are a dumpster fire, but – Jamison Crowder has somehow been fantasy relevant every week. He's been healthy and Rashad Perryman, really the same. Um, granted, neither of them have been healthy <laughs> that often, but when they are, they are still producing from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, the other thing I would point out here in regards to Daryl Henderson, and I agree with you, I think this is a great deal for Brian. Uh, Schultz has weekly tied in one upside, which, uh, you know, for me and my experience is extremely valuable uh, just based on, you know, running out what I've had to run out, but um, I I look at Daryl Henderson and from this perspective, this week he gets Tampa Bay, tough run defense. Next week he gets San Francisco, tough run defense. The week after he gets Arizona, then he gets New England. Then week 15 he he gets the Jets, but then week 16 he gets Seattle. And say what you want about Seattle's defense, they can stop the run or they can at least slow it down. And I look at Daryl Henderson. Week two, he puts up 19 points. Week three, 18.5. Week four, 4.2. Uh, week five, 20 points. And then since then, 9.2 on 52 percent of the snaps. 8.6 on 55 percent of the snaps. Uh, 6.3 or sorry, uh, yeah, 6.3 on 21 percent of the snaps. Coming off the bye week. He goes for 9.8 on 22% of the snap. uh, Sorry, 32% of the snaps. But keep in mind, he scores a touchdown. Uh, So he's also, you know, hasn't had more than two catches. He's only had more than two catches or two catches or more once in the last month. They're committed to a timeshare there. You know, they're going to give Malcolm Brown the ball. They're going to start feeding Cam Akers a little bit here. He's got a tough schedule down the stretch uh, with the exception of really one week. And while Stevens definitely made the playoffs here, he hasn't clinched that number one seed yet. Um, Or quite frankly, the number two uh, it's, it's still within the realm of possibility that he loses that. And it goes into week 13 and you're taught or week 14, and you're talking about a tough matchup for Daryl Henderson. Uh, You kind of look at his other running backs, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary. We talked about the bills backfield being a mess that whole bears offense is a mess. I, I I don't know, man. I I feel like, like, I, I don't feel like Steven did poorly on this trade. I just don't think his team, I just don't think his odds of winning a championship went up. Um, and I think, you know, at this stage of the year, it's pretty much all that matters. So, uh, It's an interesting trade. Uh, I I agree with you. I think Brian did well. And I'm not saying that Steven did poorly here by any stretch. Um, But I have some serious question marks surrounding Daryl Henderson. Uh, So we'll see how it works out. But uh, I get it from both sides. I do. But I I would rather have Brian's side.
0: Agreed. Um, I guess what we'll do to close this thing out real quick is – Just real quick, we'll brush over the waivers. So maybe not the most exciting week for waivers, but a few notable um, transactions here. So volume, yeah, you know for sure twelve claims, but most of them were very um, meh. But but there were some that we should mention. So Derek finally spends some fab. Uh, He only waited eleven weeks to do it. (laughs) <laughs> and he spent Ouch. seventeen seventeen dollars to get Sal Salvin I heard that it's pronounced Achmed. it's Savon. I've heard somebody yeah. say that it's Ahmed.
1: Yeah, it's Savon Ahmed.
0: Okay, well anyhow. Um and I should of course know that, but nonetheless, um You're not a real Husky fan, it's fine. That's that's exactly right. <laughs> 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 um so he at uh, he picks him up for seventeen dollars Steven was the um, was second, second highest bid at $9. Um, so Derek gets a little bit of running back help there. Steven picks up Joe Flacco for $11. Um, second highest bid was zero. There was a four. way tie. Yeah, there were four bids um, total, three at, at zero. Steven gets Flacco for $11 um, as a spot starter this week. Uh, Casey adds Zach Pascal for three bucks. Brian Mm -hmm. adds Michael P Ryan, as we just mentioned for two bucks. Um, and then there was a bunch of $0 bids. Some of the more interesting ones, um, I would say would be PJ Walker. Tyler picks up PJ Walker who could get a start this week for Teddy, perhaps, um, Rashad Perriman for $0 to you. Um, was also a, an interesting $0 ad, um, as well as uh, Brett Rippon. If, in the off chance that Drew Locke can't go, then um, Brett Rippon to Garza for zero bucks um, could also have some intrigue. Um, and then I guess I'd also quickly just mention the possibility of Steven Sims maybe finishing the year strong like he did last year, mm-hmm. getting picked up for zero dollars by Isaiah. So that is your waivers for the oh, week. Real
1: fast, real fast. Do you remember? Do you remember Garza blowing his stack in week one, and then kind of accumulating a few fab bucks here, a few fab bucks there, and he's talking about not needing you know fab for garbage.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Garza. Um, your boy, Teddy Bridgewater, might not play this week in a week where you have to win. And you could have gotten his backup for one single dollar. Well, I hope Teddy plays for you, buddy, because uh, you're going to need it because Daniel Jones is on bye, There's a non-zero chance that you have zero starting quarterbacks this week.
0: There Good luck. You, there you go. So, with that being said, that does it for... A jam-packed edition of the podcast, and we will be back next week to and, and perhaps maybe the the most and maybe the most um, interesting part of the season, depending on how the the trade deadline wraps up. But but nonetheless, like irrespective of that, the the race to the playoffs just continues to get more and more contentious as we progress towards week 13. Do you have anything that you'd like to just lay on the people before, uh, before we wrap this thing up?
1: No, man. Uh, like you said, next week's pod is going to be fun. I, I don't think we're going to see 12 trades. Um, the trade deadline is almost always kind of a dry hump. Uh, so, um, We'll see if this year is any different or not, but either way, next week's episode, we're going to kind of start handicapping the playoff race and, uh, you know, kind of really starting to, uh, you know, not exactly lay odds, but we're going to start talking playoff seating, positioning, uh, where guys sit, what has to happen, scenarios, and all that fun stuff. So uh, just because we will not have any traits to talk about doesn't mean we're going to struggle to fill an hour. Um, Well, we might, but. We'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun conversation regardless.
0: I agree. I'm looking forward to it. So, with that being said, this is the Omega Three Poppy reminding you to get your omega threes as always, and let Hyde rumble. Go hawks.
1: (laughs) Go hawks.